Welcome to the Elevate Live podcast channel. We hope this sermon encourages and inspires you so you can go and grow to your next level. For more information about our church, please visit our website, elevate.life. Enjoy the message. You may be seated. Yesterday, we fed over 700 families right here at Elevate Life Church. The cars were backed all the way up to Maine in the number one city to live in, in America, in the most prosperous city, according to Forbes magazine, in America. People to get food were backed up to Main Street from here. Our servant leaders and your giving served over 700 families. What that equated to was 3.5 tons of turkey, 35 tons of chicken and vegetables and things that people would need Go, what'd you say? I said tons, pounds. I got the word tons, baby. 35 tons of food. That's what I got. Was I wrong about that? Well, that's a lot of weight, isn't it? I know. She always tells me, you go, you weigh a ton. That's the truth, honey, but it was 35 tons. So that's what they told me. So uh, you're welcome to check my phone here. Just a second. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll just make sure that I'm right. Uh, this is from Pastor Steve Miner. Uh, by far, this was our largest pantry. We served 700 families today with 3.5 tons of turkeys and 35 tons of food, including chicken, fruits, and vegetables. That's a whole lot of food, y'all. And so let's give God some praise for that. But thank you, honey, for uh, challenging me, correcting me, helping me be better, shouting from the gallery as you do many times while I'm preaching. Uh, saying things like, is that really true? Anyway, uh, <laughs> whoa, 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 don't say that, honey. Anyway, uh, but I, they, I think everybody heard you say, not tons, pounds. No, tons. So anyway, <laughs> thank y'all for being here. Just, it, we're just family. That's, that's what we are. And, um, but anyway, I say all that to say this. Every two weeks we're doing that. And in the most prosperous city in the United States, like I said, according to Forbes magazine, Frisco, Texas, cars are lined up for blocks to get food. I want you to know your giving matters, you putting God first matters, because we have an assignment from God, not just to feed the hungry, not just to clothe the poor. Uh, We have a mandate, an assignment from God to be the head, heart, hands, and feet of Jesus in this community and to the world. And I wanna thank you for doing that and for being that. Thank you very much for your giving. I'm gonna ask you today to join me. I'm gonna just take a minute here and uh, let's go ahead and give right now. Put the ways to give. I wanna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you to do something with me, those of you that can and those of you that will. We, we are entering into the Thanksgiving week. Uh, I have not discussed this with my wife, but she's always just been so ready to go every time I decide to do something like this. So we're all on the same page. We've been doing this together for a long time. But uh, this week, unbeknownst to two people, we will pay their house payment for them this month, just out of our own. You see, when grit, when you put grit and gratitude together, you have gratitude. My word. Anyway, you have, you have gratitude. And to give over and above at the sacrifice of you not having it, but you give to other people, that's gratitude and you give God something to work with. So we've picked two families this, this uh, Thanksgiving that we're gonna pay their house payment for the month, that they don't, know, they don't know that yet. But also I'm gonna ask those of you that can and will to join me today and just to give another $1,000. Whatever you've given today, if you can, give $1,000 over and above. If you can't do 1,000, pick a number. If you've already given, there's ways to give, you see up here, but I want us, how many of you are thankful that You live in the greatest country in the world that God has magnanimously blessed us. How many of you are grateful for that? Let's don't just sit here and take that in, but let's understand with that comes a responsibility. We are blessed to be a blessing and that God wants to make your world larger and larger because here's what the Bible says, that the world of the generous gets larger and larger the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller, and those that bless others will be blessed themselves. You know what's happening? If you're a part of this church, listen to me. Whether you give a dime or not, 
whether you put God first in your own life or not, the fact that you're just a part of this church family and you choose to be because of how we're giving as a family every two weeks to this community and beyond. And that doesn't include the $100,000 checks that we've wrote in the last uh, two months to two separate entities. That doesn't include uh, just last month, us as a church paying $2.5 million of medical debt for everybody in Collin County that couldn't afford their medic to pay their medical bills. Understand, this is how we roll. Somebody put an amen on that. And we are going to be that kind of church. And I hope you won't just be a pew sitter, a seat sitter, uh, somebody that comes to church every once in a while to check the box. But I hope you'll help us make miracles happen for other people. Because here's what I believe. When we make miracles happen for other people, we'll never need miracles ourselves self. Nor will our children, nor will our children's children. So today I'm giving even another thousand over and above what I'm already doing this week. Why? Because there is a blessing on my children and on my grandchildren. They are going to draw from wells that, that they did not dig because of the seed that I'm sowing now. So I'm going to invite you to do that. I'm just believing God for about a fifty dollars to $100,000 bump today because we're going to keep on in the midst of a world that's losing jobs in the midst of, the, of a world where supposedly we're following the science and this supposedly uh, we're being told, stay in your house, don't go to Thanksgiving more than six people. Supposedly with all this stuff, no, 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 no. We're gonna live loud, we're gonna live large, we're gonna give big, and guess what? God's gonna use us in the earth for his glory, amen? So I invite you right now, do that, text it right now, give right now. If you wanna to wait to the end of the service, you can use one of the giving boxes or other ways, but listen, be one of those people be one of those people that, that, that step beyond yourself and operate with gratitude. Not just, don't just be grateful, but be grateful. Don't just have gratitude, but get some gratitude and let's make things happen for the glory of God. Amen? So there are easier churches to go to than ours <laughs> that you will not be asked to, to do things like this. But guess what? There's also churches that aren't like ours, that don't have miracles happen every week because of people just like you. So thank you for your giving. Thank you for that. I'm excited today. Uh, I wanna just, uh, I've got a very special guest. It's really not a guest, he's the son of this house. Uh, Navy SEAL for six years, Garrett Uncleback is gonna be sharing the platform with me in just a minute. And uh, I can't think of any grittier person besides Pastor Sheila than him. And I'm telling you, Sheila is the grittiest person I know. Um, many of you, you see her so sweet and so precious. But trust me when I tell you, I am her anvil of grit. I promise you. Uh, so I want, to, uh, I want to talk to you for a few minutes about the think, be, do of gritful. I will always come back to think, be, do, and here's why. Through our masterminds, we teach this. We really dial into it. But... Everybody has a philosophy of life. And your philosophy of life can be summed up in three words, how you think, how you be as a person, and what you decide to do as a person. So most people do not have a written philosophy of life. My son, after his time off, uh, he's, he told me, he said, Dad, I've started writing my philosophy of life down. I said, good, because you're doing something most people never take time to do, son. Most people don't have a philosophy of marriage, they just get into marriage. They don't have a philosophy of friendship, they just hope they have a friend. They don't have a philosophy of finances, they just hope they have enough money to make it. But you, you actually have a philosophy of life and it's by design or by default. And one of the things I do off of this platform as a coach is I help people define, I don't tell them what their philosophy is, but I help them to define what their philosophy of life is in eight different areas. Spiritual, emotional, physical, familial or family, friendship, finances, in your calling, and finally, in what I call the Sila philosophy. The Sila philosophy is the philosophy of life that you need to have that I call heaven on earth, that, that you've gotta know what brings you heaven on earth so you do not burn out. You've gotta know what brings you heaven on earth so that you'll invest in it. You've gotta know what, anyway, I could go on and on. But the point is, is when I say think, be, do of, of, of gripful, there's a lot of thought behind this. And I want to just open it up by, by telling you that I hope today, that in the next few minutes we have, that this will help shape some of your own philosophy. Because you're living by a philosophy, whether you realize it or not, in every area of your life. 
And again, it's either by design or by default. I wrote a poem that I read last week called The Indispensable Quality of Grit. And I'd like to read it to you again. Everyone has gifts that God has given them, gifts that become talents, abilities that become competencies to help them win. Every person must discover, develop, and deploy what God has blessed them with so that when problems arise, we can quickly shift. Shift happens before we see the curve. Things happen in us and to us that sometimes we don't deserve. What we thought was going to happen did not come to pass. We not only do not come in first place, but we found ourselves in last. What more is needed that my talents and abilities cannot supply when life doesn't seem to work and I fail every time I try? What do I do when I find myself at the end of a rope without a knot? How should I respond when I've given life my best shot? The hard things you will face actually reveals answers in your hand. It's the irritant in the oyster, it's a little grain of sand. Pearls don't just happen because of a goal or dream the oyster had. Pearls happen because something good is made possible because of something bad. Irritants, problems, and struggles of life Reveal to us that talents and abilities will not alleviate our strife. There is something more that every person must decide whether to keep on going or whether to run and hide. That something is grit. It's your grain of sand. It's the choice when you fall to take a stand. It's knowing who you are is more important than whatever you do. It's who you decide to be that will ultimately get you through. It's about growing better than what's growing worse. Grit is about changing the story by writing a new verse. It's about being indomitable in an abominable situation. Grit is about changing the impossible to possible because of inward transformation. Grit is a decision to live inside out. It's making your life what you want it to be about it's your purpose fueled by passion, a spirit that never quits. The one quality you need to win is the indispensable quality of grit. And I hope in these few, few times that I'm gonna speak on this, that you will decide to be gritful and not pitiful. That you'll decide to be gritful and not fearful. That you'll decide that you're not just gonna go get it, but you're going to go grit it that you'll decide to courageously do what you don't want to do, pay the price to be the who that you decide to be. You see, there's some things that no matter how much of a price that you pay, you're not necessarily going to achieve. But there's one thing that you can always achieve and that's to be the person you decide that you wanna be. Your mama can't decide that, your daddy can't decide that, your spouse can't decide that. You have to decide, this is who I wanna be, this is who I am, and because I want to be this, there is a unique price that I've gotta pay. If you wanna be a certain type of a husband that is worthy of your wife's respect, there is going to have to be a price that you pay for that. If you wanna be the kind of person that other people respect, there's gonna have to, have to be a price that you pay for that. In fact, let me just ask you a question. What are you doing? How are you living your life that gives the people around you something to respect? Because if people can respect you, they can honor you. If people can respect you and honor you, guess what? They can see somebody that they admire. And like Warren Buffett says, if you see somebody that you admire and you do what you admire in them, you will become admirable. You see, the truth is respect and honor is more than just about you and what you do. It creates a concentric, almost pond that's thrown into, or a, a stone that's thrown into a pond that creates a concentric effect. You see, grit is not something you're necessarily born with. It's not a particular personality type. In fact, grit can only be born when you decide to do hard things. Grit can only be born when you go through something that should have killed you, but you're still standing. Grit can only be born 
when somebody walked out of your life that you loved with all of your heart and yet you didn't let them take your heart with them. Grit is born when you have hit the very bottom and you feel like you can't go lower. But because you realize greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world, you get back up. Grit is when you decide no matter what bad happens in my life, I have pre-decided. Everybody say pre-decided. I've pre-decided this is who I am. Therefore, everything that's out there, I'm going to be transformed on the inside so that whatever is impossible on the outside becomes possible because God is for me, so who can be against me? God is on my side, so whom or what shall I fear? You see, the truth is grit is not something that you just have. Grit is something you gotta get. And you don't get it without pain, You don't get it without suffering. You don't get it without obstacles. You don't get it without tough times. You don't get it without having a broken heart. See, some people get their heart broken. And everything everything in you when your heart breaks is you wanna quit And you want to throw in the towel and you want to say, you know, it's not worth it no matter how I am and no matter what I do. But you see, the truth is when you can courageously say, I'm the one that defines what things mean. Things and people don't define me. I'm going to decide what this means and I'm going to be better because of it. I feel emotion because my heart's been broken. I feel emotion because I know if you're here and you're past seven, (laughs) that your heart's been broken. So every risk that you take and you fail is a chance to be more gripful or a chance to be more fearful a chance to be more grateful or a chance to let the pit that you're in make you pitiful. But grit is a decision. You know what? My brothers threw me into this pit. My name's Joseph, in case you don't know. And I don't know how this is all gonna work out, but I just know that God's for me. And when he got brought up out of that pit, he found out that he was sold into slavery, but he had too much grit. Too much grit to quit. So today I wanna encourage you. I wanna impart grit into you. I want you to look at your life in a different way. That not here's what's happened to me, but here's what I've learned because of what's happened to me. See, some people wanna tell you their story and they get stuck in their own story because they haven't applied a life lesson to what they've been through. Grit, I gave you an acrostic, grow better no matter. No matter, I'm gonna grow better. Rebound when you get knocked down. Indomitable spirit, the I in grit, indomitable spirit never quit. How do you get an indomitable spirit? We're gonna talk about that. Tenacious practice, doing hard things. That's what grit is. So the think be do, of grit. I want to just give you a thought process and hopefully this will help you. They're going to put it on the screen. Think kingdom assignment. Think kingdom assignment. Everything that you ever decide to do must be aligned with what God puts you on the earth to do so he can put his can-do spirit on the inside of you. I want you to listen very carefully to what I'm saying. Guys, leave that up there for a minute. Everything that you ever decide to do, doesn't matter what you decide to do, you have your reason for doing it or not doing it, but everything you decide to do must be aligned with what God puts you on the earth to do. Most people do not naturally think like this. They just think I'm gonna go to school, I'm gonna get a good education, I'm gonna buy me a house, I wanna drive the car I wanna drive someday. They never align their thinking with their kingdom assignment. 
God wants to put his can-do spirit on the inside of you, but some people do not have a can-do spirit, watch this, because they haven't aligned what they do with their kingdom assignment. They don't think like that. So I'm gonna ask you today to consider putting your marriage, putting your job, putting your career, putting your goals, putting your dreams in the context of God's kingdom and say, okay, God, I wanna align everything that I've decided to do with your kingdom. So what is your kingdom assignment? Let's look at Genesis 1. The Bible says, and God blessed them. So after he created Adam and Eve, he blessed them. He granted them certain authority. And he said to them, here's your assignment. This will never change. Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. Look at these words and subjugate it, putting it under your power and rule over, dominate it. Wow. That's the Bible. What's your kingdom assignment? Your kingdom assignment is to understand that because you're God's son and because you're God's daughter, he has blessed you. Here's what that means. You can do with that blessing whatever you want. You can do with every breath that you take, which by the way, God's the one that gives you your breath. The Bible says he blew breath inside of man. So every breath that you breathe, you're breathing the breath of God. You can do whatever you want with your life, with your breath, with your future. But watch this, when you align it with God's purpose, he says, I blessed you to be fruitful. So if you're gonna be fruitful, what does that mean? You've gotta plant seeds. If whatever in your career or in your life is not fruitful right now, understand this. Maybe it's because you haven't aligned it with God's kingdom purpose and his kingdom assignment for your life. Because you're doing what you do and what you've decided to do, but you're not putting it in the context of thinking about it in terms of the kingdom. So God's blessed you to be fruitful. God's blessed you to multiply. God's blessed you to fill the earth with that, that reason that he's put you on the earth and then subjugate or put it under your power and rule over and dominate. God's blessed you to dominate. God's blessed you to have dominion. Come on, put an amen on that. So when I say think kingdom assignment, what do I, what do I mean? Bible says in the book of Ephesians, for by grace through faith, you have been saved. This is not of your own effort, but this is a gift of God, not as a result of your works. Now watch this, for we are his workmanship, his own masterwork or his work of art. Listen very carefully to me. You are a work of art. You ever had anybody tell you, boy, you're really a work of art. They probably weren't saying it in a positive way. But I want to tell you, you're, you're, you're God's workmanship. Like he puts you on the earth. He gave you a fingerprint that nobody else has. Come on, y'all finish it. To leave an imprint that nobody else can leave. You're, you're his masterpiece. The Greek says you're his poema. You're his poem written to the world. The Bible says we're his workmanship created in Christ, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, ready to be used for what? For good works, which God has prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Listen now, who wants this? Living the good life, which he has prearranged or made ready for us. If you don't think kingdom assignment, you're just gonna be working hard for your money. You're gonna be thinking about your career moves. You're gonna be thinking about, I gotta move to this city and I gotta go there because man, I'm on this track and I wanna make X amount of money. And you think, hey, if you're making $100,000 a year, you think you'd be happy making 200,000? Well, yeah, I would be happy. No, because you'd add some more stuff to your life and you wouldn't be making any more money. Most people. Yeah, but if I could just make a million dollars a year, everybody here that's made a million dollars a year, you know what a myth that is. My friend who's passed away since used to say, Zig Ziglar, some people climb the ladder of success and, and they get to the top and they realize it's re leaning against the wrong wall. Why? Because I thought this would make me happy. I thought when I had my own business, it would make me happy. No, listen, those of you that don't have your own business, having your own business will make you miserable. The people who are business owners, please say amen. You won't sleep. You'll think about stuff. Oh, God, help me. You'll realize you come to the end of yourself, especially when you employ people. Jesus, it's one thing to have kids. Paying some staff is like having just unruly children. You don't do what you're asked, your room's a mess. What are you contributing to the family? Why do you have the last name that you have? 
Are we supposed to hand you out money, provide you with a car, provide you with a phone so we can make sure you're happy, make sure you get to all your games, do your little thing with your little girlfriend? Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's the parent's job, all right. You suck! Listen, young people, I am you. I would ask my children, what are you contributing to this family besides your bad attitude? Because that's not a contribution right now. And so many people go through life and early they make life about them and therefore they make everybody's life around them miserable. The only reason my children can work for me today and they do work for me is because when they were small, I'd say, what are you contributing to this family? And that was some of our conversation. God has created you, listen to me, for good works. Watch this, that he has pre-prepared for you and made ready for you. But if you don't acknowledge him, he cannot put his can-do spirit on you. You have to be the one that thinks kingdom assignment. So I'm gonna fast forward. The B, you have to be diligent. Oh, isn't isn't that a word we love? Diligent. I've just always wanted to be diligent, haven't you? Oh, diligent. What does this word mean? Well, it's a biblical word. By the way, the only cuss words I use are in the Bible. I would encourage you to do the same thing. If you have to say something that's not so nice, as long as it's a Bible word, it's okay. But if it's not a Bible word, it's not good. All right, so here we go. Be diligent. Business people, how many of you are business people? Let me see your hands. If you got a job, you better raise your hand on this one. Steady application in business of any kind. Steady application. Wow, be diligent. Steady application. Constant effort to accomplish what is undertaken. Not effort when you feel like it. You know, this morning I got up. I said, Sheila, I just don't feel like coming to church. She goes, you're the pastor. (laughs) That's a joke. But watch this. Sometimes we don't feel like getting up and doing what God put us on the earth to do. And if you don't put it in the terms of a kingdom assignment and be diligent about it, you're going to lose your gas. I could say something else, but you're going to lose it. Eventually, you will run on empty. It will not work. You see, it's constant effort. Exertion of body or mind without unnecessary delay or (laughs) sloth. You know what I mean about sloth. (laughs) I'm slow to move, slow to decide. I'm slow to change (laughs) and I can't figure out why nothing changes fast for me. I, I, oh, thank you. Everybody wants things to change fast and move forward but they don't want to 
change our move forward. It's so funny that people think this way and don't think they need to be diligent. <laughs> Exertion. Can we, hey God, can you speed this up? Here God, can you speed up? Can you be quicker to obey? God, could you just make this happen? Yes! You're not waiting on me, I'm waiting on you. Exertion, isn't that a beautiful word? Exertion, exertion! Exertion! How can you just say that? Exertion. No, it's like exertion of body or mind without unnecessary delay or sloth. Wow, due attention. The thing we do of grit is you got to be diligent. Listen, 2 Peter 1, for this very reason, applying your diligence. Bible word. Apply your diligence. Your what? Your Ability to exert, your ability to exert yourself, body, soul, spirit, your ability to be steady in business, not up and down. Your ability to be steady in the faith, not up and down. Not losing your faith because you lost somebody or something. Being steady in a world that's unsteady. Being certain in a world that's uncertain. Now, the Bible says it this way. Applying your diligence. And uh, Garrett, I'm going to ask you to go ahead and jump up here at me. Garrett served our country for six years as a Navy SEAL. But I saw him, I saw him when he was a little boy growing up. I saw him as a little boy growing up. And uh, you know, Josh and Garrett, the only people more opposite than Josh and Garrett are me and Pastor Precious. (laughs) Garrett, we would go see them in Sherman, Texas, and I don't know, once or five times, we went to the hospital. He was flying off of a bike, ramming his head into something, jumping off of a building. I don't even know how many times he's in the hospital. Just emergency room. It's like, oh, there's Garrett again, future Navy SEAL. Got to test the limits. <laughs> but... God puts people in our life that we need in our life in different seasons of our life. And Josh needed a Garrett and Garrett needed a Josh and they'll both lead our church in the future. And Garrett's already leading our mighty men. And it was a dream of mine that when he went to be a Navy SEAL, I go, go learn all you can and come back and teach our men not to be Navy SEALs. You see, our, our, our job as sons and daughters of God is not to be a Navy SEAL. Our job is to be way more than that. It's to, it's to be the sons and daughters of God in the earth. Come on, y'all. It's not like, oh yeah, I believe in Jesus. Oh yeah, I love God. And then just live however you want to live it. It's, it's a tough road. The Bible says there's two roads. There's one that's wide and broad and a lot of people go down that road, but then there's a road that's narrow and it's straight. And there's a few people that go down that road because it's tough. It's tough. And so, uh, so Garrett, just come stand with me a minute because I'm, I'm just about through, but I wanted to read this, that, that I wanted you to do something on your phone. Have you got the uh, version? You got your phone with you? My phone's still okay. on Yeah, there. just uh, give him his phone. Have you got the version app? Yes, sir. Okay. So I want you to look up in the New King James Version, uh, 2 Peter 1, verse 5 through 8. 
and uh, just look at it in the New King James Version. Second Peter. Second Peter one verses five through eight. Okay. And I want you. I want you to listen how the King, New King James says it. So listen to this. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. Okay. So 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 now with your diligence, you're going to be a diligent person. What does that mean? Not slothful. Not half stepping it. How many of y'all remember it half stepping it? How many of y'all remember that song half step? Ain't no half stepping. Anybody remember ain't no half stepping? Look it up. Look, look it up for me on your phone. For those that don't know good music, I'm going to play some Ain't No Half Stepping back in 1977. A lot of people are half stepping through their marriage. They're half stepping in life. They're half stepping financially. They're half stepping in their career. And they realize there ain't no half stepping. So, so now watch this. We have, all, of us have, all of us have the capacity to be diligent. That's why I'm saying the think, be, do of grit is to say, okay, I've got diligence. So again, here's what it says, applying your diligence. So, and it says there, what does it say? Add to your faith virtue. No, no, before that. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence. Giving all diligence. So giving all of your diligence. Not most of it. Yep. So give, give all of your diligence, apply your diligence. Watch this now. Now here's what you have to add. To your diligence, you have to add faith. Add to your faith. Virtue. Virtue. Wow, what is that? Excellence. Add to your virtue. So add, add to your faith what you believe about God. Virtue. What does that mean? Being the best you can be for God. Not better than somebody else, but being your best. Add to your faith. Excellence. So this is the grit part. Decide that you want excellence and be a person of excellence in your life. Okay, then go on. Add to your virtue, knowledge. Knowledge. So, so okay, now that, I'm, now that I've, I've got an excellent, it's, it's in order. So add to your faith, which is believing God's ways better than yours. Add excellence, which is being the best that you can be, doing the best that you can do. And then you have the, you have the, the ability then to see the best in others, even when the worst has been displayed, because you're being your best. But watch this, not just that, but then add to your excellence, knowledge. My people perish for a lack of knowledge. It's like, listen, what you don't know will hurt you. And then add to your knowledge. I like this one. Self-control. Self-control. Wow, self-control. Another word for self-control is discipline. Like say, you know what? I need to control myself right now. So the other night, it was the sweetest thing. Clay's the best dad. He really is. He's, he's so, he's just... I call him Clacious because he's the closest thing to Jesus like I've ever seen. And so Layla, you remember what Layla got upset about? She got, it was something really insignificant, but she started like losing it. He, she started losing it. Well, if my kids lost it, I go, you're not going to act like that. We, that, that. Listen, we don't act like that. You're a craft. You don't act like that. You, you'll sit over in that corner until you can get your... Get your emotions together, boy. <laughs> Not Clay. Layla's like, what? It was her food. She didn't want to eat her food. Well, just having a hissy. <laughs> Clay goes, look at me, Layla. You need to get control of your emotions. Most of us did not tell our children that. It's like, you're not going to act this way. <laughs> or worst case, we allow it. And we allow that kind of behavior. And so he goes, get control of your emotions. She goes, but I, I, I. So immediately she comes down. He goes, but I don't want to eat that. And he goes, there's going to be a lot of things in life you don't want. So you're going to go over there and you're going to eat that food. And I expect you to have control of your emotions. She goes, yes, sir. <laughs> Crawled off of his lap. Some people, they continue to act out their whole life because they've never been diligent in adding to their faith, self-control and the knowledge that they can and a desire to be excellent and using their diligence to reel it in. Add to your self-control 
to self-control? Perseverance. Perseverance. Too much grit. Too much grit to quit. Ow, ow. You have to add that. Why would you, listen, why would you persevere if you didn't have self-control? Why would you have self-control if you didn't have the knowledge that you could? If you didn't have the knowledge that you could, why would you have any kind of excellence? You don't. So guess what? People that quit don't add excellence, knowledge, self-control to their faith. And so they quit. Pastor, can I say something yeah, on sure, self-control? Sure. You, I mean, you coach a ton of people. You work with yep. a lot of people. Yep. How many of the people that you work with, is it, a, is it an issue of wisdom and knowledge that they're not where they want to be? Or is it an issue of, I'm not doing what I'm already supposed to be doing? Yeah, it's about, honestly, it's about half. Honestly, it's about half. Yeah, because, so, I mean, there's so many educated people, so many people that know what they should do. Yeah. But when it comes time to doing it, that's where they don't want to yeah. keep going. Well, that's, that's, that's what I said last week about grit is courageously doing what you don't want to do to pay the price to be the who that you want to be. Nobody can decide who you want to be. I didn't want to be a fat 60-year-old. I didn't want to be that. So right. guess what? I couldn't just eat whatever I wanted. I've had to bust my tail, and I wish I could tell you that working out gets easier, but it doesn't. So you knew what you wanted, yep. then you had to control yourself, yep. and then I have to persevere. Exactly. Every day I gotta continue to control myself. It doesn't get any easier. I actually earn new tests, like heart problems and, yes. and other things. Yeah, and kidney stuff. Yeah. And just going, More okay, tests. here we go. Oh boy. Okay, so now, now, now here's what I wanna say. So after we add, after we add self-control, and then what's next? We added perseverance. You to add perseverance. You've got to, your 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 quit quotient is up to you. In fact, your quit quotient, what'll make you quit, is directly connected to your grit quotient. And then to to your perseverance, add godliness. Godliness. Wow, I love God, but you're not godly if you're not striving to add those things. You're not like God. God says, I want you to be like me. I want you to be a miracle worker like me. You're my son, you're my daughter. But you've got to add these things. And then to your godliness, add? Brotherly kindness. Brotherly kindness, brotherly affection. And then to your brotherly affection, add, this is the big one, capital letters. Uh, to brotherly kindness, love? To love, Yeah. love. Watch this, listen very carefully now. If you're not diligent in applying your diligence to the right things, your diligence will lead you off the cliff in the wrong things. You'll make the wrong things more important, like your career. And you'll be given so much time, so much of your treasure, so much of yourself. You'll sacrifice your marriage, you'll sacrifice your family, you'll sacrifice everything just to live in a certain kind of house and to drive a certain kind of car and to have an image of success that's really not success at all. So again, you've got to think kingdom mindset, you've got to be diligent, and here's what I love. For these qualities, here's what it says, are yours and are increasing as you grow towards spiritual maturity. Watch this. If you add these to you, which is grit, it will keep you from being useless and unproductive. I mean, let me just ask y'all a question. How many of you want to be useful? Uh, if you're not raising your hand on this, you're broke. I'm just telling you. Because the more useful you are, the more valuable you are. And if the, more, the more productive you are, the less energy demanding you are. So if you add these things, here's what the Bible says, you will not be useless and you won't be unproductive. So grit is adding value to our value so that our value adds value to others and we become more valuable. That like makes a lot of sense, right? Is that, did y'all put that up there? It's like, it's like, so grit is adding value to our value. We already have value. Listen, everybody here has value, but you have to add value to your value so that your value adds values to others. And in the process, you become more valuable. Listen, I wanna tell everybody here that works for somebody because I've employed people since I was 27 years old. The least amount of employees I've ever had is nine. And I've got some higher paid employees now because there are people who add tremendous value. 
There are positions that we have that only pay certain amounts because that's the, that's, the, that's the amount of that position. But people who create a place of indispensability because of what they add to their life, it really takes the lid off of what they can even earn. So grit is adding value to your value so that our value adds value to others and we become more valuable. And then, and then uh, Garrett, this is what I want us to talk about for the last few minutes. The, the, the do, so everybody say this, say, thank kingdom assignment. Thank kingdom okay, assignment. I'm put on the earth to be blessed, fruitful, multiply the earth. I'm God's workmanship. I've got to align my, my job, my career with the kingdom of God so he can put his can-do spirit in me. And then I've got to be diligent. I've got to add certain things to my diligence. My, I've got to add to my faith excellence. I've got to add to my excellence knowledge. I've got to add to my knowledge self-control. I've got to add to my self-control or to my discipline perseverance so that I don't quit. And then I've got to add to that godliness. I've got to add to that. So lots, this is a lot of work, right? Talk about exertion. Then I've got to have brotherly love for people that I don't naturally love so that I can eventually love everybody the way God wants them to be loved. It doesn't just happen, folks. You've got to be diligent. And then the do is do not quit. Do not quit. Now listen to what the Bible says. Whoever lacks these qualities, the qualities that were just mentioned is blind and they're short-sighted having become oblivious to the fact that God has not only cleansed you from your old sin, but as believers, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing you that your behavior reflects and confirms your relationship with God by doing these things. Listen now, you will never stumble. Wow. Somebody put an amen on that. Guys, if you don't mind, just come get this. And we don't need the chairs. We're just going to stand. So if you don't mind, come get this. Give, would you give this service? This guy is amazing. Thank you so much for your spirit and your heart. Thank you so much. So Garrett, let's talk about a few things. All right. Yes, so I, I just, I love the fact, like I had this dream when I knew you were going to become a Navy SEAL. I thought, God, just use him. Get, let him, let the military train him. You know what his training cost? Estimate. I'm I, Correct me if I'm wrong, $6 million. It, well, it's more than that. More than That's that. like just the entry level. There were trips that I went on where like me by my, they sent Garrett just to go practice some things for a couple of week, weeks and I spent millions of dollars Okay, myself. so in, six, in a six year period, maybe 8 million, maybe 10 million and maybe more. Watch this, training for who he decided he wanted to become. And I think about that, Garrett, and I think about your mom and dad who are our very best friends. I mean, we raised you guys together. We took vacations together every year for 20 years. Great memories. And then your dad said, I'm, I'm not doing it anymore. I'm not going with your family. Darlene and I need to get away by ourselves. We need to get away from you. We need to get away from everybody. And then they started going on these trips all by themselves. And I still love you and I appreciate that, but man, why can't we still do trips together? <laughs> Just kidding. But anyway, so, so, so Garrett, for real, we've been together. We've been, we've been friends. You held me as a baby, so. For 36 years, yeah. And you, you're, you're how old now? 30. You're 30, so your dad and I have been together for 36 years. And uh, so, so when you decide to be a Navy SEAL and you decided to go through that training and decided to sign up for the Navy, did you talk to your parents about it? They knew that I was considering the military, yeah. but when it, they, I came home and I'd already made the decision. Yeah. So they didn't know I was that serious. Yeah. So in this area, there were 50 guys. Yeah. So when I decided that I wanted to be a SEAL and I went and saw a Navy recruiter and, you know, they get you kind of in the pipeline and there's a test. You got to pass the test and it's, you got to score well to get a contract. Yeah. You can't just go off to SEAL training like, hey, I want to go. Yeah, I, you think gotta I think I'll try to be a you SEAL. You got to prove yourself. You got to pass the first test yeah. just to get to the next test. Yeah. Yeah. And there Thanks. were over 50 guys in the North Texas area at that time that were saying, hey, I want to be a SEAL. And there were only two contracts at the end of the year. It's 2009 when I earned my contract. There were only two contracts. Yeah. So out of those 50 guys, it was me and one other guy that yeah. got a contract. So then I joined the Navy. Because then you joined the Navy, you go through a process, and then do you get selected to go through the Navy SEAL training? Once you've earned the contract, there is another little mini selection course where, again, they raise the bar. 
they just keep raising the bar over and over again and you got to meet all these physical so requirements people, after the 50 in this area there were two of you then you came together nationwide with, there were with a many? few hundred there was like 300 or 350 between two classes that went to chicago which is where they started us and then from there 200 guys went to san diego to start the seal process yeah so in your class you guys started your class number was 286. 286. So every class has a class number. How yes, many sir. people started in your class going through, what is it called? Buds. Buds. Going through buds. How many? So of those 200 guys that went to San Diego, then it got narrowed down again. Some people got hurt. Some people couldn't pass the next test. Yep. And it was 165 or 170, I think was the number, that started buds, which is the day one of the SEAL training process. Hell week happens four weeks in. Four weeks in. And so that's your first hell week. Yes. Like a lot of people say, oh, oh good, I passed hell week. No, hell week is the, prepar- it's week the preparation four. for hell week every week after that. It's week that. four of 26 weeks. People call it the post-hell week blues. I've passed the hardest thing I, I'm, I've, I've ever done. There's, congratulations. There's another give test. Them, give them quick, real quick, one day of hell week, which y'all did. Uh, well, across all of hell week, you run over 200 miles. Most of that is through, you don't sleep, uh, but maybe one to two hours. Um, and they do that so that you actually don't damage your brain. Um, they, so they let you sleep one or two hours. Yes, so you don't but they don't, you don't even enjoy it because you're afraid to go to sleep. Because then, and then they wake you up. The way they wake you up is like even more traumatizing. So it's really and, not and even. How do they? How do they wake you up? They, you, they, you finally go just completely unconscious in the sand. Yeah. And they literally, you just like pull your boat over the top of you. You're so tired, you just are out. And then they come in with bullhorns, uh, machine guns, and just wake you up and like, you thought you were done. Wake up. Okay, okay. Well, okay. And it's actually hey, the first hey, thing some, is, of you, some of you guys with teenagers, uh, it's time to get up for school. Oh, it's coming there with a machine gun, so you better get your butt out of bed. It's not, it's not obedience. It's immediate obedience. It's immediate that's obedience. That's required. And the first thing I tell you to do is hit the surf, so you go get wet. My brother was always hard to get up, and so my dad solved it. I never wanted this to happen, and I'm happy to say I never had it happen. My brother might even be watching here. I'm sorry it took you so long to get it. My dad would come in and a whole glass of water pour it in his face. Say, you can get up now, son, or it's, get, it's worse after this. And he, he would finally get up. And I'm, I'm, every time I heard, my, I heard my dad shuffle in the room, I was like, hey, good morning, dad. Good morning. Hey. He had his glass of water. Because it was immediate. It was like, oh, it wasn't like, hey, it's time to get up. And then you got to come back in. It was like, it was like immediate. So I, I'm just that way. Pastor Sheila could tell you, like, I wake up like that. Like, I wake up, it's like, I got a smile on my face. Hey, no water for me. Hey, I'm good. I, I mean, I'm going to hydrate myself. Anyway, go ahead. So, 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 so what's a typical day like? Just Yes, I mean, running hundreds of miles. It's, you're either going to be cold. You're either going to be, like, they're just, it's pain. It's 24 hours of pain. That's, that's what the process yeah, is. I mean, yeah. I could describe every single evolution, but every minute is a choice of, do I want to continue to be here or do I want to go yeah. ring the bell? And so that so the ring the bell here. thing for everybody that's here that doesn't know, there's a, there's a famous bell and the bell is, is really only rang three times. You, you ring the, well, when you ring the bell, you ring it three times and you're saying, I quit. I don't want to be here anymore. And you don't really know much about the bell as a student. When you first get there, you just know, I have to ring the bell if I quit. If I quit, I gotta But it's bell. a really important part of SEAL culture. It really defines uh, who we are and it reminds everyone else of who we are. So there's three instances when the bell gets rung. When a student quits SEAL training, it gets rung a second time when a class graduates SEAL training, and it gets rung a third time when a man gives his life uh, in the military, when a SEAL gives his life at his funeral, they ring him out. Yeah. Um, those are the three times that they ring the bell. And, and what that does for our culture is the bell has a home. It sits in one place and this is where you go to ring the bell. And when you go there, you're, you're ringing the bell that all these other guys have rung, all these other people have quit. But when you ring that bell, what's really cool is right next to the buds grinder where these people ring the bell is the, the offices of admirals, men who are making the decisions about what the SEALs are gonna do, that they control the entire West Coast SEAL teams. And, all, and even over at SEAL Team 3, I, I was just working in the office and I hear guys ringing the bell. Ooh. And it's a reminder of the price that people pay to be a part of this program, that, of the standard that we've all met. And so each time you hear that bell, either a class is graduating, a man is saying, this is not the price that I wanna pay, or a man has given his life for yeah. his country. So it's you a know, big part it, of our culture. Let me, let me just say, spiritual grit, is very similar in that I want to be around generous people. Like I don't want to be around stingy people. And I don't think anybody wants to be around stingy people. And the fact is I hang with generous people. I can't hang with stingy people. Right. And it's because people that are paying the same price. 
And so that's what some people never get. Like you never graduate because you don't get the grit in that particular area. And generosity is a grit. It's, it's deciding, yes. you know what? I could keep this for myself. In fact, I need it for myself, but I'm choosing to bless somebody else. It's a price it. you pay for something that you know is not about you. Yeah. There's tens of thousands of people that want to be a Navy SEAL. There's very few people that are willing to pay the price. Yeah. So, um, so two, really just really two more questions or three questions. How many of your class finished? So about 160 something were actually, you know, before yeah, you. Yeah, of those 160 that finally started buds, about 35 went on to become SEALs. Become SEALs. Uh, what characteristics do people have, and this is for everybody that's here, what characteristics do people have to, to how to, to get a do not quit grit? What, 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 what would you say? That's a great question. Um, and this really is, yeah, this is going to dig into. I know there's a lot. Of, there's, there's, a lot, lot. there's a lot of things, uh, but this digs into why, why even have grit. And so if you want to have grit, this is why if, if you don't want a life of meaning, grit's really not for you. And so where, where grit came from for me was it goes all the way back to things that I heard from you, that I heard from my father as a child. There's two things that really just sparked me and made me um, indomitable as a young man was one, is that you can have anything you want in your life as long as you're willing to pay the price yeah. for it. Not, as, not if you want it, but if you're willing to pay the price for it, that makes you think like, I can achieve. And I heard that so many times. Yeah. And then the second thing was that so God- whatever, whatever, So I wanna say that again, because we've already talked about that. But grit is, is, is courageously doing what you don't wanna do, paying the price to be the who that you're, that, you're, that you're paying for not just what you want, but to be the person that can get whatever you want. Some people, it's, it's, it's like they, don't, they, don't, they never figure it out in their life. It's like they never really get what they want because you have to pay a price they, for what you right, want. They, they want it, but you, your desire will never be enough. Yeah. We'll, we'll come back to that in a second. Okay. And then the second thing I heard a lot from you and from my father is that God has a plan for your life. Yeah. And what that gave me was a sense of mission, a sense of purpose. Um, so I'm, uh, that purpose, you telling me that over and over again, my father telling me that over and over again, I finally start to believe it, that maybe God actually created Garrett for a very specific mm. reason. There's a mission out there that has my name on it. And if I, and if I don't live up to that, it's a miss. Yeah. Cause, and it, which comes back to, if anything that I say up here is so much of just a reflection of what you've taught me, well, but something you that, that you say, or that you used to say often, I wish you would say it more, um, but that's not for, me, not for me to say, is that one of the greatest misses that you, or one of the greatest sins you commit is not living up to your God-given potential. Yeah, yeah. And for, so for me, I heard that young and said, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna live up to my God-given potential. I'm capable of this, so I have to achieve it. But coming back to your question of what were, what were some of those traits? So I had a sense of mission, which came from a deep purpose that wasn't about me. So growing up here, you know, my, my father didn't serve in the military. My, my, my mom's father did, so one of my grandfathers did, but I don't really come from a military yeah. family. When we were starting this church, you know, this is my tribe, this is my family, and not a lot of people from here, you know, in the early days served in the military, and I felt like I needed to go serve on behalf of other people, and which, which really started to trigger other things in me of this is a, a weight that I need to carry that's not about me. So it was fulfilling that purpose, and what, um, what is the, to define it quickly there, what is the thing that turned into grit? Is it's a purpose that wasn't about me. Because yeah. when, when it's the so mission- So I want you to get that just for a second. So it's a selfless purpose. In other words, having a selfless purpose is what will keep you from not quitting. Because everybody that quit in, in BUDS, everybody that quit, you had a, uh, at, some, at one yeah. point a leadership position and you would have conversations with everybody. And so you would ask them, why did you quit? So you wanna, you wanna understand the people that don't quit, look at the people who do quit yeah. and, and why they do. So, and something I heard very often from those guys who would quit, I heard it from my classmates as I was going through and observing people when, when, as I was a SEAL, something they would say was, and it's so sad because people say this about their entire lives. This is not just a SEAL thing. This is why people quit on marriage. This is why people quit on their business. This is why people quit on anything in their life. I just decided I didn't want to do this anymore. Mm. You're telling me that you've spent a year and a half or two years, some of these guys, six, seven years since they were young saying, this is all that I want. This is all that I want. And then you get here and it's hard. And then you decide, I don't think this is what I want to do anymore. Why are you even here for that? Like I didn't, the guys who make it, they did not come here because they think like, well, this is just really what I think would be great yeah, for me. This is my dream. Nobody came here for that. Yeah. So those are the people that quit. So if you are quitting and whatever thing you're quitting on, it's because you've made it about you. It's no longer about other people. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? So, uh, so again, lastly, uh, I know there's a lot, but what, what is some of your biggest takeaway or life lesson from being at Navy SEAL? 
for six years, that block of your life. Yes, sir. So, yeah. Yes, so many takeaways, and, and you taught me the art of the takeaway, so thank you for giving that. It's my takeaway from you and everyone here. You know what, you know what should, used to drive my kids crazy, Garrett? <laughs> What's uh, your takeaway? It's, it's, what, it's what Pastor Sheila talked about in her book, Live Your Legacy, and she actually, when we preached together, uh, she, she read out of one chapter of the book, which was one of Josh's takeaways from a conversation we had. I never had a conversation with my children that was correction where they were not required to give a takeaway. Not tell me back uh, what I said to them, but, but the takeaway was based on how I'm correcting you, what's your takeaway from this? And so one of the things that we helped shape them with was have a thank you for correcting me and helping me be better. So your kid shouldn't be more respectful to their coach than they are to you. That's right. And yet if some of your kids talk to their coaches like they talk to you, they would kick them off the team. So that's what you have to get into your mind is that you cannot, you cannot let your children just have disrespectful attitudes. And so when I would correct my children, I'd say, you're required to say thank you for correcting me and helping me be better. Right. They didn't always like it and they would have to say it until they, got, they worked through it. But the reality is, is that correction is for our good. When you're corrected, it's to help you because you're, you're, not, you're not following the direction that right. was given. So anyway, go the, ahead. The takeaway, so that, that takeaway really of, uh, it, 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 it goes back to my childhood, really what I saw um, about SEAL life, that, that experience that I went through that made me say like, this is valuable. Something that happened to me very young, my neighbor who, and I don't normally want to like say people's names yeah, to embarrass, sure. embarrass yeah, you don't, them, you don't need but to. it's actually really appropriate here. His name was Christian. What kind of Christians would, would do, so it just, it just, it makes okay. me think, the, the Christians. What he did was he would run to the, we're all like to swim. He'd run to the edge of the diving board and he'd stop. He knows he likes to swim. We're all in the, in the pool with him, kind of not making fun of him, but laughing like, Christian, we know you like to swim. Why are you stuck on the edge of the diving board? And I saw that at a young age and I said, I never want to be like that. I, want, I don't want to be, I, want, I don't want to live where fear robs me of getting to do life. I don't want to live in a way where things that I'm afraid of yeah. keep me from getting to live life. So take that, take that further into SEAL training. When I decided that I want to live a life that's no longer about me, and then I've decided from a young age that I'm not going to let fear control me, and I'm not going to let things that are uncomfortable or hurt me direct my life, you, that's when you become indomitable. You, you use that word in, in your definition for right. grit. What is indomitable? It means you can't, you can't be defeated. Yeah. You can't be defeated when your life is not about you. You, gr you grow better no matter. That's I mean, right. You grow better. You, you, can't, you just can't be defeated when your life is no longer well, about you. Let me, let me tell you this. Come here close to me. Now listen. I didn't even know about Navy SEALs when I was coming up. This is weird, but, you know, I came up in the 70s. The SEALs, I think, were started, what, in the 60s? As 1962. Frogmen. Yeah, so I, I really didn't know about the SEAL ethos or anything like that. But I love it, and, and if I'd been your age, that's really what I would have done and then won everybody to Jesus while they were quitting. But, uh, but the, the, fa the fact is, I've, I've often thought about this. I even told Pastor Sheila this. I hate cold water. Like, the worst thing to me about Auschwitz would not be the, the fire. It'd be the cold showers. Okay, you I know that sounds absolutely crazy, but my thought process was, if there's anything that can make me quit, it's go sitting in cold water. Isn't that crazy? But my skin is so freaking sensitive, I can use all the excuses I want. Okay, you wanna, you wanna talk about Auschwitz? I'm gonna, let's talk about Viktor Frankl for okay, a second. Okay. What did Viktor Frankl say? Life is not made unbearable by circumstance, but by lack of meaning and purpose. Let's flip that around because this is how I've chosen to live my life. Yeah. So he said, lack of meaning is not from circum or um, unbearable is not from circumstance, but lack of meaning and purpose. So if you want a very bearable life, if you want a very great life, yeah. don't pursue circumstances, pursue meaning and purpose. Yeah, very circumstances good. do not direct my life. Very good. That's why I, I think I know where you were going was the cold water. Yeah. That's where I, that's why I get up first thing in the morning. The first thing I do is I get in. You ice bought bath. a freezer. Yes, sir. You bought a freezer not to freeze food, it's not but to for my freeze health. yourself. Yes. You get up every morning. I don't, it's not for my muscles because science says it, it will leave a little bit of pain, but it doesn't actually make you stronger. Yeah. It doesn't do anything for me physiologically, but every morning what I decide is because it is so, un, like, 
I've been through cold water. I've sat in thousands of hours of yeah. cold water. You would think that you would become immune yeah. to it. It's you like know. cold water didn't bother me anymore. No. Actually, I think it bothers me more. Yeah. Like I have a lack of feeling in the tips of my toes from the amount of times that I've been in cold water for so long. So really, if anything, physiologically, yeah. I'm getting weaker you have an in excuse. my response to cold water. Yeah, you have an right. excuse. But this is continually getting stronger. So you do that for what reason every morning? Every morning so that I'm overcoming discomfort. I'm overcoming comfortability, the desire to like, well, I would rather just be warm. I'd rather sit by the fire. I'd rather have the things that would just make today, this moment, okay. No, what I'm gonna do is the first thing is tell my flesh, you're not in control. We're gonna sit in this ice bath and shiver and cry listening to worship music. And on the days, on the days, <laughs> truly the days where I stand there and look at the ice bath, sometimes I get in there, it's just five minutes, I get out refreshed. Yeah. The days where I really don't want to, mm-hmm. I sit in there longer. Yeah. Because it's not it's not about what Garrett wants. Yeah. If I'm gonna have a if I'm gonna have the if I'm gonna win the crown of life, James yeah. 1 yeah. 12, yeah. it's because I was steadfast in my trials. Yeah. And if I pursue my trials, then I will pass those tests. Like Joseph. What did he win from the pit? He won the prison. Then what did he win from the prison? He won the crown. Yeah. That's the way that I want to live life. I'm not yeah. gonna make it about me. He could have sat there in the pit and said, you know, Jesus, why'd you put me here? You showed me this dream, a purpose. Yeah. You showed me this dream of you want me to rule. Why do I, why am I in this pit? I'm not having to go For, through First Peter four. I love this scripture. It's so, uh, I, I love the tone of this scripture. He says, why are you surprised when, when trouble comes for you? Like something strange happened to you. Like I told you this it was coming. It always shocks all of us though. It's like, oh my goodness. People it's get like, hit by, by something, cancer, COVID, your mom dies, a child dies. All those things are horrible. But you say, God, why did this happen to me? Yeah. You did not prepare. God, the, the word of God is true. It's not suggestions. Yeah. It's truth. It's com- trouble's coming for you. Count it as joy because then you'll build, build your perseverance, which is grit. You'll build your perseverance by passing that test. And if you'll continue to pass your test, this is James 1, you'll continue to pass your test, you'll build more endur- endurance. Yeah. And then when your endurance is at full maturity, yeah. you're perfect. You don't need anything. That's what James, the brother of Jesus said. So maybe I should live my life that way. Count it as joy that trouble came for me. Kick the, the butt of my test, earn the next test, kick that butt too, and then how great. I'm perfect and ready to do whatever God's asked me to do because I just said, hey, look, comfortability is not a part of my life. Yes, yes, yes. Well, so everybody put your hand on your heart. Come on, everybody, just put your hand on your heart and just say, God, help me. To become everything you've put me on the earth to become. So that whatever I decide to do, you'll give me your can-do spirit. Now everybody pray this prayer with me. Say it out loud. You don't have to say it loud. Just say it out loud. Say, Lord, thank you for loving me. I ask you to forgive me for the mistakes that I've made, for the potential I haven't reached. And I pray that you would put spiritual grit, courage on the inside of me to not just live the life of my dreams, but to live a life of meaning and purpose so that whatever my dreams are, I have a chance with you to make those dreams come true. In Jesus' name, amen. Hope that spoke to you today. I hope you enjoyed that. Amen. Thank you, Gary. I love you. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to our channel on iTunes and YouTube. That way, you know when a new sermon has been uploaded. Also, if this message has impacted you and you want to contribute to help us reach more people, feel free to go to elevate.life forward slash give. We look forward to seeing you here next time.